How many of us have said, I'm going to follow hard after Jesus, and then all of the temporary things, real life happens, and we get veered away. That mission creep happens, right? Those needs are real. The circumstances is real life, your life. But what happens is, is that when the things of the temporary world come in like a flood, it's so easy to be like, I need to take care of that. And we start to drift. God wants us to let temporary things be temporary. But how do we know what's fleeting and what's eternal? As Pastor Daniel explains to us in this teaching, love always abides. So those things that aren't rooted in God's love are temporary. We need to keep them as less important as the eternal ones. God, God's Word, and people. Those relationships should be given more attention than whether we agree on the color of the new car. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, Loves. There's four blind men, and they're standing, and there's an elephant there. And they're asked, oh, I don't, I've never seen an elephant. What does an elephant look like? And one guy reaches out his hand and touches the leg and says, oh, it's a strong pillar. And another one reaches out and grabs the elephant's tongue and says, oh, it's slimy like a fish. And another one reaches out and grabs the tusk and says, no, no, it's hard and strong like a sword. How many of you have heard that type of a story or one of the derivatives of it. There's a lot of versions of it. That type of story has been used for a lot of different things, but what it does reveal to us is that different people have different perspectives. It's been said that every point of view is a view from a point. It's a good one, right? Every point of view is a view from a point. Now, what's interesting is when I've always heard the blind men with the elephant story, it's always been used to show that you can't believe in one religion because every religion has a certain perspective. Now, what's funny about that position is, of course, if you really think through the story, what it really says is that the person who's telling you the story because they believe that all religions are equally valid they're the only one who isn't blind. That's actually, if you think about what they're saying, which is a kind of an ironic statement. Everyone's blind except for me. I'm the only one who really understands everything. <laughs> kind of. So if someone gives you that when you say, oh, I believe in Jesus, and you say, oh, you haven't heard of the blind men and the, and the elephant? Like, so you're saying you're the only one who isn't blind. Now, isn't that a pompous statement? Ooh. Then it's on, like Donkey Kong. <laughs> But there is something to be said about perspective. And everybody has a perspective. And we live in a day and age where because we don't really believe so much in uh, having uh, civil disagreements, everybody comes out fighting for their perspective. 
And part of what God's word is designed to do is to get us out of our own point of view and help us to look at the world from another angle, from God's angle. That's why God has given us his word. God didn't give us his word because he was scared we wouldn't understand what humanity is. We do not need the Bible to realize that humans are capable of both beautiful and atrocious things. All we need is the newspaper for that, right? All you need is a magazine subscription. See, God's design in giving us his word is to say, this is how, from God's vantage point, being the Alpha and the Omega, who is the beginning and the end, who sees everything in completeness, with perfect understanding, God says, this is how it looks. And that's why I believe God's word is so challenging for us, isn't it? Because God's vantage point challenges us in the way that we see the world. It, we see it from a different perspective, and now all of a sudden we're like, okay, so my perspective is here, and God's perspective is here, and that's a challenge, isn't it? And as we are studying through 1 Corinthians 13, as we're looking at what the Bible says about what love is, we're all challenged because our view of love, why we do it, what it entails, what it looks like, is different than when God says, this is what real love is. And today's portion of 1 Corinthians 13 is really all about perspective. And I believe that in these two and a half simple verses, I believe God is going to show us a perspective that doesn't come naturally to us, but we need. So open up in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to be picking up in verse 8, as we've been taking this slow study through this beautiful chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. If you're new to Crossroads or you're new to the Bible, there's Bibles. You didn't bring one with you. There's a Bible in the pew in front of you. We want you to find 1 Corinthians. It's in what we call the New Testament, which is the last about third of your Bible. And 1 Corinthians, it's in after the first four Gospels, and then you have the Acts of the Apostles. And then you start having Paul's letters, and it's the second of those letters. You have Romans, which is about 16 chapters. Actually, it is 16 chapters. And then 1 Corinthians, and then finding chapter 13 is pretty easy. As I like to say, it's between 12 and 14. And then verse 8 is between verses 7 and 9. We've been seeing, we've been seeing what love is. That classic verses. Four to eight, love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not parade itself, it is not puffed up, it doesn't rejoice in iniquity, it rejoices in the truth, it believes all things, and it bears all things, and it hopes all things, and it adores all things. Love never fails. We spent two weeks looking at those four verses. And if you weren't here, I would encourage you to go back and, and listen to them in our archives on our website or on YouTube. The messages are there. And the thing we keep finding is that the reason Jesus came and lived a perfect life. The reason he died on a cross and rose again is because God's love is here and the way we love is over here. And there is a disparity. And that difference between where God's love is and where our love is, we're held accountable for that. That God values our lives so much that we're held accountable for what our lives are all about. And Jesus 
in our belief in him not only fills in the gap of disparity between God's love and who we are, but he also gives us the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside so that we can start living out more of God's love and less of our own. See, Christianity is not some self-help plan where we're just going to fix the outside. No, Christianity comes in by the Spirit of God because of Jesus and forgives us and changes our hearts because the change needs to happen internally, not just externally. How many of us have cleaned up the outside of our lives that needed to be cleaned up, but the heart is still messed up? There's not love there. There's not grace there. There's not peace. Sure, we're not acting destructively like we used to do before. And we're not discounting the externals, but we realize that the true change needs to be internal, and it will impact the external. So it's a different approach. And love becomes the most important thing because what we're going to see today is that love never fails. Isn't that how it starts in verse 8? Love never fails. Love is permanent. Now look at what it says next in verse 8. It says, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So we're just going to take these three verses. Each verse has its own point. So look at verse 8. It says, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. And whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Now, I'm going to give you the the principle, and then I'll unpack the pieces of the verse. The principle for us is that we need to let temporary things be temporary. We need to let temporary things be temporary. You notice that it says that love never fails, but then there are three things which are temporary. Right? There's tongues, there's prophecy, and there's knowledge. It says that each one in a different way, prophecies will fail, tongues will cease, knowledge will vanish away. Now, to put it in context of what we've been seeing, remember 1 Corinthians 13, I've explained this to you a couple times now, is part of a greater section in 1 Corinthians, really 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. And the focus is on the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, things like the gift of tongues and their interpretation, how prophecy is meant to function in the church, words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And chapter 12 and 14 is primarily about these gifts and how it works within the body of Christ. But 1 Corinthians 13, remember he says at the end of 12, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. And that's the way of love. And see, the church in Corinth, in a lot of ways, like the church in America today, is a spiritually gifted church. There's a lot of power within the people of God. But the problem for the church in Corinth, and much like the problems in the church of America today, is that although spiritually gifted, if we focus on the gifts rather than the gift giver, then the gifts can become divisive. I'm going to say that again. If we focus on the gifts rather than the gift giver, those gifts become divisive. 
And if you watch Christianity today, not the magazine, but in general, you look around, you see the church is constantly dividing itself, right? And we have to remember that love is actually something that brings together, doesn't divide. And so for the church in Corinth, this was a vibrant church, but there was lots of issues, and they were in the process of being pulled apart over these spiritual gifts. And as good and as important as spiritual gifts are, and we here at Crossroads, we believe in the spiritual gifts. We believe in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Spirit of God never changes, just the way Jesus never changes and God the Father never changes. So how the Spirit of God worked in the church in the book of Acts is exactly how the Spirit of God wants to work in us today, although the details may be different. But... We need to remember that as important and as good as tongues and their interpretation, prophecy, knowledge, or whatever else, those are all temporary. Those are all giftings only for this side of eternity. And he says, love never fails, but all these other things, they're temporary fixtures, not permanent Things. Now, to take it from this right here and to expand it out into our lives, I believe the thing God wants us to bring out of this verse is that we need to let temporary things be temporary, and we need that eternal perspective. Think about the things that bring you the most consternation, the most heart struggle, And ask yourself, is this a temporary thing or is this an eternal thing? Now, that changes the perspective now, doesn't it? Because if it's something that is imperfect, that will cease at some point, then although it may be something that bothers us, it should not be something that trumps love, which is always going to abide. See, what it does is it takes us outside of the present moment and says, is this something that is going to change eternity? And you say, no, okay, so I do care about it, but I'm going to handle it differently because it's not an eternal thing. And I believe that in our hearts, we need to learn how to divide the struggles of this temporary life with God's plan for eternity, How many of you remember that book, uh, Stephen Covey's book? That classic seven habits of highly effective people? Classic business book. There's a principle in there that a highly effective person will always make sure they keep the important things as important, even in the midst of many urgent things. For most of us, urgent things take the upper hand and we forget the important things. It's the tyranny of the right now. Now, That principle is very true as it relates to Christianity because here it's saying, look, there are urgent things. There are temporary things and they have meaning. But we need to keep in line what is eternal and hold the temporary struggles in a hand that says, this is important, but it's not eternally important. I need to take care of this and work through this, but this is not about life or death eternity. When you think about things that are eternal in the world, there's only a few of them. There's God, 
There's God's word, and there's people. Can you think of any other eternal things? I can't. There's God, God's word, and there's people. Now, you realize that if you're fighting with your spouse over the candelabra you chose, that that might be a point of contention in your marriage, but in the end of the day, the candelabra is a temporary thing. The color of the carpet, the landscaping, if they like your haircut or not. These things are all temporary. Now, listen, I'm not knocking. Interior decorating is important for some of us. And so you got to work that out. But it is not an eternal thing. It's a temporary thing. We're reminded of what Jesus said, that don't place your treasures on earth where moth or rust can destroy or thieves can break in and steal, but place your treasures in heaven. So the idea here is that a treasure on earth is something that moth or rust can destroy. So nature can devalue it, the normal course of time, or thieves can break in and steal where humanity can devalue it. That's something that is earthbound. It's temporary. It's interesting and fun, but it has no eternal value. So whatever somebody can take from you or the normal course or the abnormal course of the way nature happens, if it can devalue it, that tells us it's temporary. But our treasures that are in heaven, no matter what nature brings, no matter what humanity brings, it's untouchable. Prophecies speaking as the mouthpiece of God, tongues, the ability to use languages, whether actual human languages or spiritual languages, the tongues of men and of angels. Didn't we see that in verses 1, 2, and 3 of this chapter? These all pop up. At some point, tongues will cease. Knowledge will vanish away. We need to let the temporary things be temporary, and we need to let the eternal things stay eternal. For some of us in here today, watching online, and how many of us have said, I'm going to follow hard after Jesus, and then all of the temporary things, real life happens, and we get veered away. That mission creep happens, right? Those needs are real. The circumstances is real life, your life. But what happens is, is that when the things of the temporary world come in like a flood, it's so easy to be like, I need to take care of that. And we start to drift. Now, again, notice I'm not saying that these things are unimportant. Because that's not what Paul, I mean, the Holy Spirit devotes three chapters to this. In just this book, let alone all the other places these things pop up. So it's not that they're unimportant, but they are temporary, they are imperfect, and we need to make sure that in holding those things, we keep the eternal things in our constant perspective. And that's a struggle in this day and age. It reminds me of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. Listen to what he says. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, 
But the things which are not seen are eternal. See, when we walk by sight, we get tied to the temporary. But when we have the perspective of the Spirit and we look at eternal things, the way we choose to go about life changes. And we realize that suffering, this light affliction that the Apostle Paul speaks about, it's but for a moment. But what does it do? It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. See, in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is talking to this church in Corinth. He's saying, look, you realize that my life's been hard, that I've suffered for the cause of the gospel. He's like, look, it, this light affliction, it's for a moment. Why? It's working for a far and exceedingly great weight of glory. He's saying, look, it's going to be hard in the here and now, but I'm working for something that has returns on into eternity. I think the reason so many of us fail to take steps of faith is we're so focused on managing the temporary afflictions that come from following hard after God. And we forget that when we step on out with an eternal perspective, although it's hard in the here and now, it has reverberations to eternity. And we have to battle. You have to battle. I have to battle. Say, God, I need to let the temporary things be temporary. And I need to keep the eternal things as eternal. I need to make sure that in the urgency of a life full of temporary afflictions, I say, Lord, I want my heart set on eternity and my life being geared to be used for eternity. That's why I think we need each other so much as community, because we need help keeping our eyes fixed on the prize. We need help to say, in the here and now, this is hard, but it's going to have a glorious impact. You think of Jesus when he's sweating drops of blood in the garden of Gethsemane. Father, if there's any way, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. He knows that what's in front of him, the next 24 hours are going to be the most brutal in, in the history of humanity. Not only the physical pain, but the spiritual anguish, knowing God's perfect hatred against sin. And he's going to become that sin. He's going to receive all the punishment for that sin. Oftentimes we think about the cross purely on physical terms. And that sounds awful, more awful than I can even imagine. But then you put it into the spiritual realm where Jesus is receiving all the judgment for all the sins that every one of us and all of humanity throughout history has ever committed. That's what the cross is all about. But it says in the book of Hebrews that for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he's now sat down at the right hand of the Father. See, Jesus knew that was going to be awful, but for the joy that was set before him, knowing that millions upon millions of people from every tribe, nation, and tongue are going to receive God's grace and his love and being dwelt with the spirit. And Jesus is like, man, this is going to be hard. But Lord, if there's no other way, I'm going to do it knowing that it will be for eternity. Praise God. Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel helped us to discern what's temporary and eternal in our lives. Looking at our lives this way can cause a shift in perspective. 
If love always abides, then we have to consider how we handle ourselves and whether we're in the now or eternity. It's our joy to bring you Jesus is Real Radio each day here on this station. We want to give you the opportunity to partner with us here at Jesus is Real Radio so we can bring the ministry to as many people as possible. Simply log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and select Partner from the main menu. There you can help spread God's Word by becoming a monthly supporter or by giving a one-time gift. For most of us, our smartphone is an extension of our body. They are constantly ringing and dinging, telling us what to do and where to go next. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the Jesus Is Real podcast. Each week, the programs right here on the radio are available in podcast format. So if you miss one of the broadcasts, you can always catch up by subscribing to the Jesus Is Real podcast. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share about how to accept what we can't understand. There will always be mystery when it comes to God's character, but we can move forward with Him and be at peace with that. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled The Greatest next time. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.